If you yeah. if you're the one to declare war and they come after you, I mean technically you declared it. That's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You are listening to End of Love Remains. A unique show spotlighting people, ideas, science, culture, and art. Your host, Mike Lovett. Mike Lovett. Yes, Rachel. I am Mike Levitt. You're often virtuous, occasionally vile, but always virile host. And I'm super happy to have back on the show of And If Love Remains, Mr. Brandon Joe Williams. Good to have you back, brother. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, man. It's good stuff. Uh, I've been going through your courses. It's been really epic um and be, you know we're gonna be talking about some fun stuff but before that where can people find you let's get that off the, off the ground first what's the best place you want people to go to find information about you and your work one stupid fuck.com there's the place there it is <laughs> <laughs> and uh and you know it, i one of the things i love about what you what you do and kind of um your take on things is you're really giving people options that I think people haven't even considered before. And, um, I think that, um, you know, whether, whether you use those options, whether you, um, do the, you know, take, take the, take the, the jump full or partly into, to state nationalism or, you know, whatever you decide to do. Like, I think it's important that people actually understand these options and know that they're real and know that, you know, it, there isn't, um, you know, there isn't a boogeyman out there trying to get you. And that, that, I think that's, that's an important thing for people to, to get. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, you know, what, what is written is essentially the Bible. So, you know, as long as you follow what is written, then you'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, one of the things I want to discuss is, is you recently had a debate and, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I thought it was interesting. I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, but I mean, maybe you can correct me, <laughs> but as I listened to it, it felt to me like um, the things you were debating, basically the entire debate turned into, um, hey, Brandon, yeah everything that you're saying are, is probably true and probably right and probably just and probably the right way to go, but you're going to end up in jail anyway. That, that seemed to be like how things were going. Now, did I misinterpret that or, or, or kind of what was your take on, on that debate? I guess you're talking about the one with, uh, with, uh, Mike, right? Yeah. With Mike. Mike. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There's two of them. There's the Jaeger one and then there's the Mike one. Um, oh, I, th I think I missed the Jaeger one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I, you know, for many, many years, even before I had one stupid fuck, I always told people, you know, if you ever want to debate me on anything, then I'm down. Let's do it live. You know, and I had some, I had one, one guy a long time ago, Jonathan Horn. This is before I even had one stupid fuck. This is just on right versus left politics and that kind of thing. And, um, he came on the show and we had a debate. It was actually really awesome. And, uh, and then with one stupid fuck, I did the same thing. I always say the same thing. It's sort of like, 
uh, you know, if, if someone, if someone would like to debate me, then by all means, let's, let's do it live. And I, you know, for the first year and a half, since I launched the website, March 14th, 2022, I never had anybody take me up on the offer. And it's actually funny because the Jaeger was the first guy I ever had on a debate. And what's funny is that he freaked out on me last year, like in July. And I offered to do a live debate with him and he said no. And I blocked him. And then he emailed me again recently and said, hey, if that debate is still on the table, I want to do it. And that's how the first debate went down. Gotcha. Okay. The second debate with Mike was just him just, you know, talking shit on the comment section and me being like, hey, you either come on, you either come on the show and you debate me live or I'm blocking your ass. Uh, you know, and then he decided he wanted to come on the show and then the Jaeger show, uh, there is his camera was off and he didn't want to use his last name and he got a lot of shit for that. I had a lot of people messaging me like Jaeger is a piece of shit, fucking little pussy ass hoe and all this. And so I thought in my head, I thought it's not even really fair for someone to come onto a debate in that kind of a condition. Um, so I basically made a rule, uh, I made a rule, um, that, you know, you have to have a camera. And you have to use your actual name. That way people don't just freak out about the fact that you're like uh, hiding or something. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the Mike one that, that we did with Mike. And um, he seemed I like mean, a cool dude. Like he seemed like a nice guy, but, but it was just like, again, to, from my perspective, it was, it was, I, I, I don't know the behind the scenes stuff or what, what he was posting and things like that. But, but it seemed to me like he was agreeing and with the theory and with the ideas that you were proposing, he was just basically saying, you know, you're going to get you and everybody that, that listens to you in trouble and you're going to go to jail, which is, yeah, I guess technically always the case. I mean, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of my take on that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I ended up blocking him cause he was, he was kind of nasty even after the show. I was like, God damn, this guy's kind of relentless. So I ended up blocking him off social media, but, um, I have to admit, uh, when you look in the comment section, uh, people call him Eeyore, and and I was in fucking tears. I was laughing so fucking hard. I was, I I was looking down the comment section, and someone's like, "Wow, I didn't realize you were doing a, de- a debate with Eeyore today." And I was just, <laughs> bro, I fucking lost it, man. I was I was literally laughing so hard. I was in fucking tears. Okay. Because he is, he's basically, he's basically just like kind of like an Eeyore. You know yeah, I know. Mean? Well, it's funny that you say that because because I did not make that connection. But once you said it, I mean that's exactly right, man. Oh, I mean he even talked kind of like that and kind of low, 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 low. And they, hey, yeah, there just wasn't really it, it. It wasn't really a debate by the end. It was just kind of like you know. Yeah, he he was just a, he was just down in the whole thing. Uh, so, but but let's address um, the fact that like. There is truth to the fact that whoever has the guns has got the power, right? And and ultimately, like, um, if if somebody wants to put somebody in jail and they have more power over you, they can. Like, there's, I, I don't think you can debate that. the 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 question really is, you know, are you on solid footing logically in law and in, um, you know, in in, in what you're trying to accomplish? And and then those things you can you can argue and you can win or not. But but the question is like are you on solid footing? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, there's one of the guys that I rec that I, that I learned from, 
at the beginning when I first started learning all this. His name is Christopher Hauser, and he's got videos on YouTube. And, uh, you know, one of the things that he did when he was arrested and he was in the can, uh, now, now he, he went in, he, he did something that I strongly do not recommend people do, which is start filing extremely hostile commercial liens on everybody, the county clerk, the bailiff, all the judges, all the police. I mean, it was him and like nine other guys. And they were just like going fucking totally wild with the fuck. Okay. Okay. So it's pretty, it was a, it was a very extreme example and a very extreme situation that caused him and all of his friends to be incarcerated. Okay. Uh, I would never recommend that someone do what he did. And I have never done it and I don't plan on doing it. It's just a very, very wild, aggressive, uh, non friendly, uh, it's it's basically the declaration of war, essentially. Um, right. It, and you know, if you yeah. if you're the one to declare war and they come after you, I mean, technically you declared it. That's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, but uh, one one thing that's very interesting about him is he was writing what's called habeas corpus for all the people that were in the prison and he was training everybody in the prison. And he ended up clearing out a huge part of the prison and then they kicked him out of the prison. <laughs> Because he was clearing out the prison, right? Right. They at first they tried to put him in a mental institution, and they tried to basically drug him and and chemically castrate him, and that didn't work because he's too smart for that. And he had this whole he tells this whole story on his YouTube about how he used to hide the pills in his in his cheek, and he would go mm-hmm. to the drinking fountain and he would like chew apart the pill and like spit the stuff into the the water fountain. And he had a whole he had a whole he had that thing down to science. He used to wow. talk to the he used to talk to the uh, the guards, yeah, and he used to tell them how to do all sorts of crazy shit with their taxes and crazy shit with this and crazy shit with that. And then he started helping the guards with their own financial stuff. And then that's you know, and then one thing led to another, and then they you know they he, they had no choice. He was he was getting too many people out of the prison, and he was making too many friends with the guards, and um, so they kicked him out of the jail. Imagine that. Imagine getting kicked out of prison. Imagine that one. Well. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think of, I think of it like this: if you're if you're so good at this and you're so dangerous that the the prison wants to kick you out of the prison, then I mean it's really not that scary to go to prison. Just get, right. All you gotta do is just get out of prison. That's not that hard. <laughs> For some, I suppose that's true. <laughs> I suppose that's true. So, and I, one of the things again I appreciate about what you teach and what you've been talking about is like it's important to have peace, you know, with your neighbors, including the government. Yeah. And that we he, he's the only guy I know of that went to prison, him and all of his friends. But it was it was like I said, it was, I mean, full blown. They were declaration at war. of war. It yeah. wasn't just like pushing a couple people around. It wasn't just like pushing around some paper. It wasn't just like someone got irritated. It was like full blown, like militia is declaring war on the entire local judicial system of Tennessee. Yeah, like that's how intense that situation had gotten and then and then you know i i I would imagine if you want to get together with nine of your buddies and you want to full-blown declare war on the entire local judicial system none of my people are getting picked up but but those people will probably be the first people to get picked up but those people do not represent anything i teach or stand for or talk about so by definition they wouldn't have anything to do with my with my movement you know what I mean? Right. 
Right. Um, I want to give. I'm going in the opposite direction completely. Right, and I've noticed that. Like, you know, I love some of the things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the wet dream. Every fucking judge is gonna, gonna, gonna think of me when they're having sex with their wife. That's where I'm going. There you go. (laughs) I'm going in the total opposite direction, brother. I'm gonna be. I'm going to be what, what the judges talk about when they're, when they're enjoying a beer together at the pub, like, you know, mm-hmm. all, all laughing with smiles on their faces. That's my future. That's right. my future. Well, good. And, and I think that's the way it should be. If you're not, see, this is the thing. Like if you're not hurting anyone, if you're not stealing people's crap, if you're not, um, you know, if you're not doing damage to somebody's property, there's no reason that you should be a danger to anybody. And, and there's no reason for any kind of, um, lawful action and anything outside of that should be lawful and free, you should be free to do. And, and um, any kind of action that's taken against you is really a, because you're, you're, you're a threat, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the trick is, is how can you be a threat without being a threat? <laughs> and uh, yeah. Tell me about, um, so we talked in the, in the last episode a little bit, a little bit about how you, you got into this movement you know, it took you a while. Um, I wanted to, to kind of delve a little bit into some of the benefits that you've, you've, um, had, um, you know, what, what are some of the, and, and, you know, a lot of people, they're going to go straight to like money, which listen, I'm all for money. I think money is great, but for me in my life and, and for, I think a lot of people, I think there are higher causes. And I think that um, there are more important standards that we should be, um, you know, should look for. And so we can talk money. I'm happy to talk about money, but I want to talk about like in your life, the, the ten, what are the things in your life that have absolutely improved um, by following, by, you know, becoming a state national, by, by following the, the, the um, you know, the, the um, doing the things that you've done. Um, talk about that a little bit. Well, it's, it's just a, a pretty wild, unmitigated freedom, really. I mean, it's just, you know, you can't really, I mean, the financial end, uh, you know, obviously you have uh, not paying any taxes, not paying sales tax, not paying federal income tax, not paying state tax, not paying inheritance tax or, you know, estate tax or, you know, uh, property taxes. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. You're just not paying any of those. Um, because taxes only apply to people who are physically located in the District of Columbia. Okay, so since I'm not anymore on paper, um, and very few people are not located in the District of Columbia on paper in this country, uh, probably less than you know a twentieth of a percent of the country, probably something like that. Maybe even maybe even a fiftieth of a percent, or even a hundredth of a percent. I mean, really, right? Um, that's obviously starting to change quite dramatically. You're starting to see this kind of information all over the place now. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, no tickets, no jury duty, uh, you know, it's almost impossible to litigate against you. Uh, I mean, cause the thing is, is that, you know, if someone were to litigate against me, the, the first thing that they would have to prove that they've never had to prove in their entire life would be jurisdiction. So, you know, it's like, it's like, how would you, how would you prove jurisdiction on me. I mean, you, I, I, you know, that's going to be really, really, really impossible. And so, and so to put a kind of fine point on that, when you're talking about jurisdiction, that one of the, one of the issues is, is when, when, uh, the, when Congress, when state legislatures or even your municipality writes laws and policies and, and such, um, they're really, they're writing these laws and policies for people that are, 
living within the, the District of Columbia. And since you've removed yourself from that district, those laws and our policies are not applicable. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like state of California, right? State of California is a private for-profit corporation located in the District of Columbia. So through the process of naturalization is how you become a part of that state. Naturalization is defined as simply conferring the nationality of that state upon yourself after birth by any means whatsoever. So, and that comes from 8 USC 1101 subsection A23. So that's the definition of naturalization. So when, when you sign up for voter registration and it says, are you a resident or do you domicile in the state of California? And they're referring to a private for-profit corporation located in the district of Columbia. When you say yes, by definition, you just naturalized. And that's how you become a citizen of the United States, which means the citizen of the District of Columbia. Right. And then so then all those laws and rules and everything that, that they say you become subject to because you're a subject of that district. Well, you basically become an, an unpaid employee or officer of the federal corporation. That's the definition of the term U.S. citizen. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, unpaid, so it's a very an unpaid, unpaid employee. Well, the, the actual definition is paid or unpaid, but we all know it's unpaid. So, right, right. You're paying, you're paying to, yeah. to get into the, the club. Yeah. So, wow. Um, again, what, um, talk about your fascination because this is, I think this, this goes down some interesting paths. Um, and, and it's important that I heard once that, 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 uh, um, you know, the definition of somebody who's educated is, is, is somebody who can make distinctions between one thing and another. And by definition to distinguish something is to be able to define it distinctly. <laughs> and so, um, you know, one of the things that, that you do in your courses is you go through, um, and, and really define what words mean. Um, how they apply, um, and you know, talk about your fascination with words. Like, how did that all happen? Because because I'm I'm blown away by by um, you know how you go deep on some of these words and phrases that that we think is are so common and we use every day, um, and yet we really don't know what the definition or how or which definition is being applied in what circumstance. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a situation where you know I am I've been I've been kind of obsessed with the the clearing of words and 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 and, and looking up words in dictionaries for a long time because I I um you know many many years ago I I kind of realized that it's the it's the reason why you can't read is because you don't understand the definitions of the words so you know. Uh, you know, reading when you don't understand the definitions of the words doesn't really work. You can't really read, right? So I started to clear up the definitions of the words and that kind of thing. And then before I knew it, I was kind of like hooked, you know, um, because it's amazing. Uh, and then I, I, I had been clearing up words in a dictionary like crazy for many, many years. And then, um, and then when I got into this, it was just, uh, I, I was already kind of living that life for a long time. I'd already been living that life for like 15 years. Um, so by the time I got to this, it was just a, the more advanced version of what I had already been doing and a way more exciting version of what I had already been doing because it was amazing to me that there were so many crazy, super s s weird, 
off the beaten path definitions for these things that I had never seen before. And, um, it was just, uh, unbelievable. So many things that I thought I knew what it meant on a day-to-day basis. And I just hadn't have a fucking clue. Even the word payment, payment does not mean what people think it means. Check does not mean what people think it means. Account does not mean what people think it means. Tax does not mean what people think it means. Taxpayer does not mean what people think it means. Citizen does not mean what people think it means. U.S. does not mean what people think it means. I can go on and on and on and on and on. I mean, it's just yeah, like. Yeah, No, that's. I mean, yeah. It's, 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 a, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm fascinated by that because, because, you know, words are nothing but symbols. And, and once you can define the symbols and, and, but the problem is, is if you don't know what. The, that symbol is defining, then you can get caught in traps all over the place, man. And, yeah. and, and you end up, you know, finding yourself in situations where, um, you know, where, where, where you think you have rights, but the, the truth is those rights have been, you know, you, you have, um, you know, whether you call it fraud or not, but, but you have, you have uh, voluntarily given up your rights. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a very interesting situation. It's yeah. all, it all comes down to words, the definitions of words, the usage of words. Like for example, um, you know, they, they say in, in financials and stuff like that, that, you know, they only accept, uh, you know, money orders, checks or, or whatever, you know, but if you look up the definition of a check in a banking dictionary and you clear up every single definition, which is, it could be, you know, 90 of them, all a check is, is an order. It's an order to move, you know, or a draft. Check and draft mean the same thing, right? So a check or a draft is just an order to move deposited funds from one location to another that are ready to go already. You know, it's it's moving. It's not a credit transaction. It's a draft transaction. A credit transaction would be like a promise to pay. A draft transaction or or a, or a check transaction is not a, not necessarily a promise to pay it's an it's an actually an order to pay it's an order to move money from a deposit account right so when you take your when you take your bills at the end of the month and you write orders on them and you mail them back then technically you're mailing in a check by definition okay and once you figure out what those orders are and once you figure out how to operate the securities in the account for example every time you use your credit card you are producing a promise to pay. That promise to pay has a value, no different than a Federal Reserve note. A Federal Reserve note, which is what's in your in your wallet, those are promises to pay too. Because if you look up the definition of the word note, note means promissory note. So if you, at the end of the month, when you get your, your statement of your credit card, that statement is nothing more than an investment portfolio account. And, and I have a whole plan on what I'm going to do with mine. But basically what it is, it's, it's a it's a series of securities that you have produced throughout the month. And they're asking you, what do you want us to do with all of these securities you've produced throughout the month? And you write orders on the bill of exchange to convert the bill of exchange into a check and you mail it back and you can use the value of those securities to basically bring the account down to zero. But there's even more exciting news because you're also entitled to the interest that those securities have manufactured throughout that month. So most people think that you're, you're, you pay interest to the credit card companies. That's not how it works at all. The interest, the APR interest is actually paid to you, right? But I got a plan. So what I'm going to do is I'm suing. I'm going to sue every single credit agency. 
I'm going to start opening up accounts of credit agencies I don't even have, and then I'm going to sue them as soon as they open the account. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell them that, uh, look, here's the deal. I'm going to give you a limited power of attorney, and I'm going to allow you to write orders on my behalf at the end of the month to automatically convert these securities and discharge the account. In exchange for doing this for me, I'm going to let you guys have all of the interest on the account as a payment, as a service payment. And then also as part of that deal, I want all my credit line limits removed on all of my cards. So you said, you so, so basically what you're doing is you're unlocking infinite money at that point. So you right. swipe your card all you want for anything of any, of any amount. And then at the end of the month, the, the, the balance automatically resets to zero without you having to do anything. So See, and, and people think that sounds like voodoo, but, but I want to tell you, like, from my perspective, um, and from what I've learned, both I, I used to have a financial services company back in the day before I became a full time musician and uh, and podcaster, apparently. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, but also just from what I've learned about the Federal Reserve, I mean, this is exactly how the Federal Reserve operates anyway. Like you talk about a federal note or I mean, it, you, you might be, people might be thinking, man, that's just funny money. It's, it, it, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're just, you're just paying with air. There's nothing there, but that's the, that, that's the reality is that we're just paying with air that the money that's in your account is nothing but numbers. And you might say, well, I, I spent time making money for that, those numbers. Well, yeah, but, but if people knew how money is actually created and, and people think like, like, Oh, you know, money is created at the federal reserve. It's printed. And, you know, even if they've gotten that far to where they understand it, it's not worth anything, but it's uh, other than paper, but it's even worse than that because as much money as the federal reserve creates, I think it's like 10 or 20 times more is created by banks. Every single time a loan is made, money is created and that money earns interest. And every single time, um, and, and so, so any kind of transaction, like let's put it this way. If, if all the debts in the world would be paid, there'd be $0 in circulation, zero, it'd be gone. And, and, um, we'd be a lot freer, but that, that's a whole other statement. But, but my point is like the stuff that you're talking about with what you're going to do is more of just a micro level of what's done every single day in every single institution across this country. Yeah. It's, um, you know, people say I need to make money, but the thing is, is that you're making money all the time. Whenever you use your credit card, you are, you are, you are legally right. making currency. You are, you are manufacturing and bringing a promissory note into existence where a promissory note did not exist prior to that point. That by definition is called banking. The manufacturing of currency is defined as banking. So you are a banker and the public corporation, which is your name in all capital letters, is the bank. Because it, your name's not on the, uh, uh, the statements. It's the bank. It's the bank's name that's on the statements. Right, you're just the banker on behalf of the bank. So right. when you understand how all that works, and you understand how you're actually issuing orders as the agent on behalf of the bank, uh, when you write on the bills of exchange and you write the orders to to have the the securities that you that the bank has produced via your signature as a surety, when you understand how all that works, then you can write the orders. And once you can write the orders, 
then uh, then you're all set. And then once they once you write the orders, if they don't accept the orders, that's when the lawsuits come in. You can very easily win through litigation. As long as your orders are correct and and you're no longer basically what is considered donating or gifting all of your securities through what we call non-performance. So when you receive your bill of exchange at the end of the month and they're asking you, what do you want us to do with all these securities? And you send them Federal Reserve notes, which have absolutely nothing to do with anything. All those securities that you that you manufacture throughout the month are just basically you're basically just just giving them away essentially you're donating them to the financial institution through non-performance because you've failed to perform your duties as the banker on behalf of the bank those those securities basically just become available for anyone who wants to put their name on them and and how does that apply to to real property like uh, mortgages homes uh, cars things like that it's the same thing. The, the the mortgage is is written. It's a promise to pay, and it's signed. So by definition, it's a promissory note, as per the Uniform Commercial Code Article Three, which is which is all about negotiable instruments and securities and that kind of thing, right? So the the application itself is is it's actually worth the entire value of. So let's say let's say on the mortgage it says like, you know a million dollars. And then it says like uh 3% interest over 30 years equals. And then there's like a, you know, $1.2 million or whatever will be like the final, final, final amount after 30 years of paying the interest, right? That mortgage promissory note isn't worth the 1 million. It's actually worth the 1.2 million. It's worth the full value of the full promise of the full term of the loan. Right. Because that's the, yeah, I mean, that makes sense because that's, the, that's the instrument that's being used. So once you sign that instrument, what they do is, is as per the Federal Reserve Act, Section 16, Part 2, they, they write a cover letter and they write on the cover letter, Application for Notes. That's the title, right? And then they write orders, which by definition would be a check. They write orders on the cover letter and they say like, uh, you know, attached is the, uh, they call it a collateral security please see the collateral security attached. And then there's actually a, 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 the exact wording on how you uh, write up an exchange comes from 31 CFR 328.5. Um, if you look that up, it'll say um, forms of endorsement when presented by banks for payment or exchange, right? So what you're doing is you're, you're, you have a promissory note in your hand, the mortgage, and you're requesting to the Federal Reserve to exchange the mortgage promissory note for Federal Reserve notes of equal value, right? So they tell you exactly what you're supposed to write on. You're supposed to write for presentation to the Federal Reserve Bank of blank. So like for me, the, the nearest of the 12 districts would be San Francisco. So I would write San Francisco in that box, comma, fiscal agent of the United States, comma, for redemption or in exchange for securities of a new issue, comma, in accordance with written instructions submitted by, and then it says insert name of presenting bank. So you can actually create a stamp that has all this information. on. That's what the banks do. So let's say, for example, Bank of America. Bank of America, if you go to 31 CFR 328.6, which is the next subsection right after that one, it tells you exactly what the stamp is supposed to say and the exact size of the stamp. It says, 
on bearer securities, the endorsement must be imprinted on the left-hand portion of the face of each security with the first line thereof parallel to the left edge of the security. So basically what they're saying is, is that the stamp is supposed to be long ways on the upper left portion of the 90 degrees like this sideways. Right. And I think the reason why that is because, uh, you know, to make sure it doesn't get mixed up with all the other text on the paper. Right. Yeah. Like for example, I have stamps and they're all in red ink because I want to make sure the red ink like is very noticeable through the black ink of the security itself. Right. So it says, um, uh, uh, in such a matter to, to be clearly legible, and in such position that it will not obscure the serial number, series designation, or other identifying data, and cover the smallest possible portion of the text on the face of the security. The dimensions of the endorsement should be approximately four inches in width and one and a half inches in height. So you can actually go online to like stampmaker.com and you can you can put a text box in there and you can literally stretch it out so that it's four inches in width and one and a half inches in height. Exactly. And that's how you buy the stamp and must be imprinted by stamp or plate of such character as will render the endorsement substantially in, in eradicable. I think that means you can't take it away. Let me see in eradicable. Right. You can't eradicate it. Ineradicable, unable to be destroyed or removed. Okay, good. So in a way that, you know, the name of the Federal Reserve Bank of the district must appear on the plate or stamp used for the imprinting of the endorsement and presentation to the appropriate branch of the Federal Reserve Bank named will be uh, considered as presentation to the bank. When securities are to be presented to the Bureau of the Fiscal Service Service, meaning like uh, the U.S. Treasury, the words United States Treasury should be used in lieu of um, uh, the words Federal Reserve Bank of blank. So it tells you if you're trying to send it to the Treasury, you would put United States Treasury in there instead of uh, Federal Reserve Bank of. Right. So that's all. I have I have stamps for all of that. I haven't tested that yet. Um, uh, I did send one package into the federal reserve bank of san francisco one time they did sign for it and i never heard a goddamn peep so uh i didn't follow up on it but this time i'm going to be sending out a whole bunch of shit i'm going to send some to the u.s treasury i'm going to send some to the the los angeles uh, sub district branch i'm going to send some more to san francisco and then if i still don't get an answer and i still get ignored then uh i'm going to litigate now, litigation in these kind of situations, you're not litigating against the Federal Reserve to make money. You're litigating just to get into communication because they're ignoring you. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the only reason why you're litigating. You're never right. going to see any money from it. It's just like, yo, if this isn't correct, what the fuck do I need to do to make it right? Right. It's like a FOIA request. It's like it's like you guys aren't talking to me. I'm litigating so that you guys will fucking talk to me. That's it. Like, why aren't you talking to me? Like, I'm not fucked. I'm not stupid. Like, I'm reading the shit. Like, I'm actually trying to figure it out. It's like, oh, well, it has to go through a bank. Okay, well, like, I don't, I've asked my bank. I've asked two other banks. They have no idea. Like, who do I go? Like, give me the name of a guy I can fucking go to. Like, you know what I mean? That, that's what you could do through litigation. You can get what you want through litigation. Right. <clears throat> right. I mean, yeah, at the end, that is that is your formal um, 
way of communicating if you know that's that's everything else is informal until you get to litigation you know um it's sort of like it's sort of like uh you know boys i'm learning now i mean this is you know a transformational phase for me it's almost like boys just send shit in or complain men litigate it's sort of like that's kind of where things are looking right now as far as i can tell um you're not really taken very seriously until you litigate, which isn't very difficult. I'm learning. Uh, so, you know, it's just all, uh, you know, I'm going to be teaching how to litigate in the advanced course. Uh, I'll make a series of videos once I figure it all out for myself and get some successes under my belt and that kind of thing, you know? Right. Which kind of brings me to another, another point I want to talk to you about is, is you just, uh, you just formed your own law group, Williams and Williams law group. Um, talk to me about why you decided to do that and what that's all about. And, and, and I'm guessing that, that, that part of that is this litigation process that you're going through. Um, part of it is litigation. Part of it is, uh, uh, creating letterhead. Uh, part of it is the illusion. Part of it is, uh, you know, I'm left my day job. So like trying to get, uh, trying to pull in a little bit of money, uh, in between when infinite money cracks or one of these lawsuit cracks, uh, you know, part of it too is just, uh, you know, even, even when I crack infinite money, I, I probably won't, I don't know if I'm going to be working or not. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I would like to have a group of people that can help others, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I plan on having a whole fuck ton of people, uh, including litigation experts and everything else. And it's going to be like a whole operation that can help other people, uh, that I'll sort of like run, you know, um, so it's kind of like all of the above. It's kind of all of the above, you know. Yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, it's exciting new venture, exciting new thing to to be working on. Um, and you know, like like I said, I think a lot of people, um, you know, would would maybe maybe feel more comfortable with somebody, you know, holding their hand through the process if they need it. Um, you know, I think I that's think exactly right. I think, yeah, I think there's a service there. You know. That's exactly That's, right. Yeah. So, so, so I'm, I'm, I've taken on a couple of clients. I've had a lot of celebrities call me the past week. Holy fuck, man. Huge names. I don't even know if I can, I don't even know what I can talk about. I really don't even just, I don't even know. Like I literally don't even know what I can talk about. It's so, it's so big and it's so crazy. I mean, I left my day job this week. I've, I had a whole fuck ton of crazy celebrities invite me to this like insane party and they wanted me to like speak. I'm like, God damn. Um, I spoke for like 40 minutes. They were blown away. Um, I got celebrities calling me on my fucking cell phone. You know, it's like totally crazy. Like, how, how are you even getting this phone number? <laughs> uh, 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 I got, you know, I left my day job, started the fucking law office. I got a tinfoil hat just launched yesterday. Oh yeah. That's so. And that, that tell me that's your podcast. No, that's Sam Tripoli's podcast, but it's oh, fucking okay. huge. You've oh. heard about it, right? You know what? I haven't, but I'm gonna go check it out right after we get Tin off. Tinfoil hat. It's it's a it's a big fucking show, man. Huge. Okay. That's it's awesome. Like, it's like the underground version of like Joe Rogan, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I follow. So I'll it's a, it out, Sam Tripoli is a, a huge comedian, and 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 obviously it's totally my people because it's like they call, they call it tinfoil hat. It's like that. You know, oh yeah. It's like, it's like the one stupid fuck of, of, of podcasts. You know what I mean? It's like the, I love, I love the, I love the branding he has and he's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, I was on there yesterday. I really fucking killed it. Knocked it out of the park. He Sam was blown away. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, a lot's happening, man. Th- this Dude, week. That's exciting, man. Yeah. Exciting for you and exciting for, for the, you know, for the, the movement. It's, a, it, you know, I think, I, I think, 
man, I, I just think a lot of people need to like have some confidence in, in what they're doing and, and, um, you know, know that they can do it and that it's, it, they're, you know, the, the sky isn't going to fall by trying, you know? Well, it's like anything else, you know, like, like in the nineties, you know, people were like, eh, computers, you know, whatever, take it, you know, eh, you know, cell phones in the two thousands, you know, all right, you know, whatever. It just takes a little bit of time for these kind of, you know, like huge, massive life altering things to kind of like take hold and for people to realize that, you know, even the internet, a lot of people didn't yeah. think the internet was ever going to fucking, you know, gain any traction. You know, a lot of, a lot of big investment firms were like, yeah, that seems kind of like bullshit, you know? So, so it's like even things that we take for granted now, like the internet or computers or, or personal computers. I mean, you look at these old ads from like 1987 and you see that's like three megahertz, you know? Oh my God. Like, right. you know, and it's this big ass fucking thing. And it's like eight grand, which in 1987 was a shitload of fucking money. You could get, like, yeah. you know, that's an absolute buttload of fucking money. Like, I don't know why anybody would have bought one of those fucking things. You know what I mean? So, you well, know, they were useful. That's, that's the thing. It's funny. It, it, it's exactly like when we look, when we look at uh, like movies, like, you know, you, you look at movies and you're like, man, how did I think those graphics were like so oh, realistic? Yeah. You know, and it's like the, the cra- like PlayStation one. I remember play, playing PlayStation right? one when I was a kid and playing like Final Fantasy seven. And like literally their arms are like decahedrons and the front's just flat and they're like this with their arms and i'm like bro it does not get any better than i remember my dad purchased one of those um i mean we would call it a, a, a portable computer it yeah. was one of those compacts but oh, i saw that I, and it had the it came with the pouch and you put it in the pouch and you zip the top up like this dude, it was big. No, it was, it was, it looked like a sewing machine, like a sewing machine. And, and you would put the thing, you'd put the thing down and then you'd, the bottom, you'd flip it. And that was the keyboard. And then you had two, I mean, I'm old. So you'd had two floppy disks. <laughs> right? Hey, I had floppy disks as a kid. I had the floppy disks. And, and I, you know, and I would play, you know, uh, what the crap, uh, star commander, you know, whatever game. And Commander I'll be Keen. Like, Huh? Commander Keen? Oh, no, no. Wing Commander. That's what it was called. Wing, Wing Commander. Commander. Okay. I'd play Wing Commander, and I'd be like, dude, these graphics, I feel like I'm in space. And the screen was like three inches, you know? <laughs> and it's, I it's know, green. I know. And, it's green you know? I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's and, now like, we've got, and now we've got things like, you know, I don't know if you know anything about uh, modern gaming, but the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my entire life is there's this game that I really enjoy called The Forest, and it's this game where you're you're stranded on an island, and there's these like, there's like these zombie creatures, and there's also like these, uh, uh, like like tribal people who live on the island and stuff like that. And it's like yeah, the yeah. zombies and the tribes, and 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 you go down in these caves, and you have a little lighter, but the lighter like goes out randomly, and then it's like, and then it'll turn back on randomly, and then it'll like turn off randomly, and it's like you can't see a fucking thing when it turns off. Right, right. And there's like noises and zombies and shit like running around, and they'll just run at you like full speed. I'm telling you, it's the most fucking terrifying thing I've ever seen. And then what did they do? They released a virtual reality version of the game. Oh, dude. And I'm thinking in my head, like, like, dude, I, I, I'm not kidding. My, me and my friend, he used to sit here with me. We would play the forest, not the VR one, just the normal one. Right, right. And and I mean, we were, you can't even fucking breathe. It's so fucking terrifying. Like, you can't even fucking 
breathe, right? It's so intense, right? I can't even, I wouldn't even play a virtual, I mean, there's jokes. You go online, you look up, you look up the forest VR and they're like, oh yeah, sure. If I wanted to fucking die, <laughs> that'd be a you know, it's the best suicide device ever <laughs> right. fucking developed, right? Like, like I, who knows why they even developed it? I feel like they almost developed it just as like a masochism because they right. knew like, who's going to buy this shit? But this I, is I, way tell too much, you, you know, it's like, I'll tell you like, and, and I, I believe this is why I don't fear things like AI or deep fakes. I don't, I have no fear of that. Cause I think I believe there's something in our brain that eventually we, we figure it out. Like we can see the difference. And I promise you in like five years, you'll look at that and you'll be like, what was so scary about it? Yeah. You're like that looks so fake to me now because yeah. it's gotten even more crazy and more real. Like I, I just, you know, I, I don't know your take on AI and stuff like that, but that to me, like I, man, I think it's a great tool. I just don't see that. I don't see, I don't fear it. Like so many people, I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to create more jobs and then take away. Like I, I, I don't fear the, the, you know, and plus I've worked with AI for like 30 minutes. and I realize it's pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah and the thing is is that a- ai what what i don't like about ai is that it's developed by humans and then humans worship it that's the most right. weird pathetic fucked up convoluted backwards ass shit i've ever Dude, heard in my entire life you are freaking right on on that man that is exactly right is man. it's like creating a pagan god that right you fucking literally made like you literally programmed it like, it's it's self-worship you, bro it's yeah masturbatory like, worship right there man what's wrong with you you know what i mean it's like okay you know Wow. No, that's, that's a great point. It's really true. It's creating, you know, I don't use AI. I don't, I don't get involved with it. Blah, blah. People send me shit, uh, because they're like, Oh my God, you know, you can find a lot of the stuff that you're talking about in the financials about, you know, in AI and all this kind of a thing. And it's like, I don't care. You know what I mean? It's in the fucking statute. So what do I need AI yeah. for? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it, and it like for me, it's, it, I mean, it's, like I don't use law it. is one of those areas that's so convoluted, and you need to like very meticulously clear up the definition of every single word. Uh, you're never going to be able to AI law. Right. It's it's actually tremendously human, which is sad because it, it's also kind of not at the same time. But but you know, uh, like like you go down to the courthouse, it's like they have these old fucking like 1989 computers and shit still. It's all, right. it's all stamps. It's all paper clips. It's all, it's, it's like, it's like as if you've gone back in time 30 years. Fax machines and, yeah, right. fax machines. So, <laughs> so the thing is, is that, you know, law is still very like, you know, uh, ink, you know, ink colors, stamps, stamp colors, paper clips, uh, you know, uh, the whole, you know, paper, you know, like even, you know, even when you send uh mail, when you get, when you get things served, it gets served through certified or registered mail. And then you get the, you get the PS, you get the PS 3811, the green, the green form back that has the signature that the, that the agent signed for, or the principal signed for, or received it. And then you, you take that, that piece of paper to the courthouse and that's going to be your evidence or, or copy of it or physical copy of it. And you turn in all your evidence to the count, the, 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 the county clerk or the, or the uh, clerk of courts. And she stamps each page saying that it has been, you know, delivered and accepted and, it's still a, it's still a very, it's still a very human. It's still a very human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which, which is, I mean, 
law like economics is human action. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's like like economics. I, I would make the case that economics is human action and law is, like I said before, formal human communication. Yeah. Like how do I how do I prove that I had this conversation with Brandon? Well, I could send him a letter that you acknowledge that I that we had this conversation and now it becomes a matter of law. How do I prove that I I'm married to my wife? Well, I had witnesses who signed that yes, we saw that this person, you know, yeah. was married and and um, you know, and and That's all a notary is. A notary is just right. uh someone who operates on behalf of the Secretary of State that verifies your identity and then physically witnesses you signing the document. Because it's like this. I could say I'm fucking Mike Levitt and sign some shit, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have it notarized, that's going to be tough because the notary is going to say, how do you prove that you are who you say you are? I want proof. You present proof. And then she says, okay, now that you've proven, I say she, because they're almost always women. They are, right. I, uh, you say, you say, uh, 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 now that I've proved, now that you've proven to me pretty much beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are who you say you are, I'm going to physically watch this now identified evidence driven identification body right. is going to be the one to physically sign this. And then now I've, I've, I've identified you. I physically watched the identified person sign. And then you have the notary book with the thumbprint. So then you have the thumbprint on top of that to to further identify that you did it. And then that's when you get your stamp. And that stamp, the notary stamp, is basically saying uh, the the me as an agent on behalf of the Secretary of State. So it's actually a notary is literally like a secondary pair of eyes that has been officially licensed by the Secretary of State to identify and witness signatures on behalf of the secretary of state. So, so in law, it's as if the secretary of state themselves watched you sign the document. Right. It's a proxy, right? Proxy. So that's why notarization is so powerful uh, with affidavits because you can write absolutely anything on an affidavit and then you're, you're, you're signing it under penalty of perjury and then you're notarizing it, which verifies that the person who wrote this is the person who, you know, it's like, it's basically the notary is the evidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and that kind of brings me, uh, I had two, um, two big questions from our last podcast that, that I got most. Um, one is about your flag behind. So we'll talk about that in a minute, which I, I you know, that's great stuff. But the other thing was about identification, identification, specifically the passport, the power of a, um, higher level passport and why people should, should, you know, start doing that. They were like, I, it was, it was almost like it was, a, um, a foreign language. Like they're like, what? Like you can use your passport to drive. Like, so talk, let's go through that just a little bit more yeah, yeah, once sure. again. Like what, talk so, about the importance of a passport and what that, what kind of power that gives an individual. So, uh, sure. That's easy. Uh, it's actually, so easy. In fact, that it's, it's unbelievable. That's a lot of what we're teaching these days is getting to be so simple that people aren't believing me anymore. So, uh, I like to preface myself with that, uh, beforehand, cause you know, there's not a whole lot I can do about that before it was too complex. And now it's too simple. I'd rather have, too, <laughs> I'd rather have too simple than too complex. You know what I mean? Amen, brother. <laughs> cause too complex, too complex just means people go away and they say, fuck this too simple. What normally happens his people go away like, whoa, that just can't be. It's too simple. But then they're why thinking isn't anybody, about it. Why isn't everybody doing it? Then they're thinking about it, thinking right. about it. 
And it's like a seed has been planted. When it's too simple, you get the seed, you get the seed, uh, uh, the seed effect, I guess you can call it, right? When it's too complex, you don't get the seed effect. You get the fuck this, fuck you effect, right? So the, the, the too simple effect is, you know, this can't be true. There's no fucking way they go off and they live their life. And then six months, one year, two years, four years later, all of a sudden, they've been seeing some shit in a new light for a while. And then all of a sudden one day it's it, it that seed turns into a plant, you know? Uh, and I'm fine with that. I, I'm not looking to get everybody, you know, this is a, you know, this isn't going to change overnight. I know that. And I'm not trying to do that. You know what I mean? So, so to answer your question, this is a civil peace flag. So the normal flag that you see everywhere is actually a wartime flag. And when you see the gold fringe around the wartime flag, like what you see on police officer uniforms and what you see in the courtroom, that means martial law. Uh, a wartime flag. So it's like an additional meaning on top of the normal meaning. That's why you have the normal wartime flag and then you have a different wartime flag with the gold fringe. It's two, it's it, it it's a meaning on top of a meaning. So you have so the wartime words, flag. This, this jurisdiction additional, uh, is under meaning. martial law. Yeah. So you have the wartime flag and then you have the wartime flag with the additional uh 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 martial law on top. Right. Okay. okay? So uh, this is a peacetime flag. So uh, technically speaking, and no one knows this, so it's not really much of an issue, but technically speaking, if you fly a wartime flag in front of your home, you're basically saying that you know anyone involved in this war, like soldiers and stuff like that, they, they have permission to garrison inside of your home during times of war. Okay. You're basically saying, I support this war that's going on. That's the normal flag that you see everywhere. Okay. The civil peacetime flag is the polar opposite of that. The civil peacetime flag is that I'm not involved in your war. Uh, I'm not going to be involved in your war, and I'm not at war, and I'm not going to fight for you, and you're not going to garrison inside my home, and I don't want to hear about it. That's what this one is, okay? I'm not at war. I really am not. I mean, you know that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not just fucking around. I'm really, truly not interested. I'm really not interested. You know what I mean? Like, truly. You know what I mean? And then to answer your question about uh, the passports, so if you look on uh, my passport card here, I've got it right here in my hand, and you look on the back, it says here, valid for domestic air travel, international land and sea travel between the U.S., Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, and the Bermuda, not valid for international air travel. This is just the card. The book, the book is for international air travel, okay? Right. So you got to think to yourself, if you can use this card to travel, uh, air travel, um, domestically and international land and sea travel between the U S Canada and Mexico and Caribbean and burrita, why wouldn't this apply to drive down to whole foods and get yourself groceries? Right. And nobody's ever asked themselves such a fucking simple question. Right. Yeah. So you also got to think too, you've got 18 USC 1545 which uh, it's called safe conduct violation. And it says whoever violates any safe conduct or passport duly obtained and issued under authority of the United States shall be fined under this title imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. So what that means is if you present a passport to a police officer 
when you're getting pulled over and he decides to do absolutely anything besides let you go basically immediately, it would be a violation of 18 USC 1545. And that particular officer and anyone else who may be involved in that detainment could possibly be charged with 18 USC 1545 and they could be in prison for up to 10 years for that activity. Now, the way that it really works when you break it all down in great detail is a driver's license is used when you're operating a motor vehicle commercially. A passport is when you are traveling in an automobile privately. The police do not have jurisdiction over someone who's doesn't pres- who does not present a driver's license. Now, technically speaking, the sheriff's office would have jurisdiction over someone. So if you were pulled over by a sheriff, he would technically he could he could take that passport and if he felt that uh you were like uh well it 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 it, it you you would, he would have to actually say like look you pulled out it caused this person to fucking freak out and and smash into this other person right but you caused it okay now even if you presented a passport in a situation like that to a sheriff the sheriff would still have jurisdiction to do something about the situation right because your actions are directly connected or he alleges and now needs to prove in a court of law, which is exactly what it says in that, you know, uh, you know, if, if you've, if you've done this, if, if you've caused non-safety to happen or you've caused damage or you've caused, you know, you've been stupid, you know, you caused theft, you know, then if that, if those things happen, then of course you're under it's, it, I mean, to me, I always think about things in terms of natural law, right? Like, yeah. Like, have you done now? Sometimes it doesn't play out in the civil world, but, but what I love about that is, is, you know, that passport is like your, your sign. It's your sign to everybody that I am living under natural law. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the passport, basically you don't need endorsements. You don't need this. You don't need that. Like on a driver's license to drive a motorcycle, you need a motorcycle endorsement. You don't need a motorcycle endorsement with the passport. You don't need anything. And actually, uh, you can actually even get insurance uh, to drive cars with Progressive, I believe it is. Uh, Progressive Passport uh, um, Traveler Insurance. I believe you can get uh, insurance under your passport, which is like like obvious proof that you can drive with a passport. Last I checked, it was uh, Progressive that offered that. I would need to do some digging. Um, I think that's, I, I I watched that video and I believe that's what you said. It was Progressive that had it. Yeah, if you got a DUI and they took away your driver's license, it doesn't fucking matter. All you got to do is just go and get a, a, a passport. You know, I mean, let's be honest. You shouldn't be driving around drunk like an idiot. But I mean, look, where I'm from in Indiana, driving drunk is a fucking that's that's, you know. That's, that's just what you do. You know what I mean? Like, so, so, so for me, it's kind of, I grew up where we call them road sodas. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, you're not driving around with like a fucking pint of, of, of liquor. You're driving around with like a a domestic beer. It's like 4.2% between your legs. You know what I mean? Or a koozie, you know, that's really common where I'm from. So it's not like you're getting like fucking obliterated, but people are, you know, driving drunk is practically a hobby where I'm from. So, you know, it's one of those things too, where, you know, it's like, 
it, it's it's I mean, technically speaking, until you actually hurt someone, you haven't committed See, a crime. That, that's the other thing. I am like I am, you know, I have come in my elderly age or whatever in my in my age i've i've learned like i like pre-crime is a bad thing like i watch minority minority report yeah and and, and probably 90 percent well 99 percent of all traffic laws but 90 percent of laws in general are like pre-crime laws like i haven't done anything and yet you're going to cite me I, I there's this mythical idea that i've caused harm to the state and there's no such thing i supposedly under we the people, I am the state. So how do I cause harm to myself? Like the whole thing is a circular argument that makes no sense. But the fact that we just give in and and just you know take it is is they say okay, well we'll, we'll continue to give it then. Yeah, it all comes down to voluntary contractual. You know that's what it right. really comes down to. You know because if you start bringing this stuff up, they just drop everything. Yeah. Know? But but where we're heading with this is, you know, just 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 getting everything dropped ain't going to ain't going to do it anymore. We're so now what we're doing is we're 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 going to go on the the absolutely wild eyed flame in our retinas uh, offense on everything. They so much as even look at us cross eyed and and there's going to be lawsuits flying in every goddamn direction. And it's not. It's not a vengeful activity. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out how exactly I'm going to pitch this, exactly how I'm going to train this. And the way we're going to do it is it, it's actually parental energy. It's daddy, mommy energy. Okay. That's the way we're going to be doing it. So it's not like, fuck you, you piece of shit. We're going to burn you to the ground. It's like, um, it's like uh, uh, daddy's putting discipline in with son because son... Uh, did some stupid shit, broke a window or something. Right. That's kind of right. like the energy. It, it's a it's a teaching a lesson. Like, listen, this is bad behavior on your part. You're supposed to be my public servant. Yeah. So it's sort of like that's the direction we're going to go. It's going to be uh, a very, very quick to the gun, hair trigger, but it's going to be in the right headspace. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where what I'm doing is headed, right? And, and, you know, a lot of the all, all the claims, pressing all the claims and, and, and all the things that we're going to do is uh, we're going to push for reeducation of police through our claims. We're going to push through reeducation of county clerks through our claims. It's going to be it's all going to be included in the claim. It's not just going to be money, 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 money. It's going right. to be it's going to be the actual changing and reeducation and re regaining the control over the various elements and and things that that we need to do and getting everything kind of fixed. Basically. I, I don't really think things are all that fucked up. I mean, all we got to do is just change a few things. And you know, I mean, look, I always tell people on these shows, if we repeal the 14th amendment tomorrow, I mean, I mean, America would be, would be basically rebooted. Yep. In, in instantaneously. Yep. I mean, it, I mean, you, you could, you could fix this whole country in one millisecond. Yep. No, I just had a big argument with somebody about the Fourteenth Amendment and how it, how you know it 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 created slave created slaves of all of us. You know, it's really ugh. I, I'm with you there, hundred um, percent. Talk to me as we're kind of finishing up here. What t- talk about some of the? I, I have I have one more question before that. Talk about some of the exciting things that are coming down the pipe for you for the things that you're doing. You talk about some litigation, but what what are um, do you have any projects? Any um, you know any 
any things that people can can watch you on or, or yeah you know, what are your big things that are happening tinfoil hat just dropped yesterday which is huge uh and then um which is a show it's a really big show uh and then um the litigation. I mean, all of our attention, all of our focus, all of our everything, all of my attention, all of my focus is pretty much completely and entirely on litigation, how to start litigation, how to process litigation, how to move it forward. Uh, I doubt anything that I'll ever be doing will ever go to trial because I'm, I plan on just blitzkrieging the fuck out of everybody to the point where they just want it to end. They want the nightmare to end uh, as fast as possible. But, um, and again, it's, it's the daddy energy. It's not going to be, it's not going to be Hitler energy. That's, I think that's the secret. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, versus uh, what like Chris Hauser did. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's kind of like, that's kind of like Hitler energy, right? Yeah. That's not really where I want to go. Um, uh, you know, I, I want to be a, a friend of the court. I don't want to be an enemy of the court. That doesn't really, you know. If the court's the only place I can get remedy, which at this point it pretty much seems like that's where I'm at, why would I want to burn that that possibility to the ground? It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. right? Um, and are there, is there somewhere, someplace where people can follow your litigation or follow what you're doing with these? So uh, there's an app, I believe it's called the. I just I'm just learning about all this. Uh, there's a. I mean, really, I mean, I'm like brand new to. Um to all of this, right? So there's a, there's a a program or app or something called Pacer Monitor and you can go to pacermonitor.com and it says here search and you can search court cases and kind of all that shit, right? Okay. Uh, Parties. I don't really know how this works. And I think there's even a, um, a phone app that you can download. Um, I just typed in Brandon Williams, which my name's super common. There's a eight million court cases with my name in it, uh, but that's you know, uh, literally one hundred ninety nine thousand cases. Um, or wait, uh, yeah, one hundred ninety nine thousand cases. Uh, but these are these are not all cases that are currently going. Like uh, I'm just scrolling down on Pacer Monitor and looking at. Uh, Filed September 6, 2012, filed June 22nd, 2016. Right. So it's you know, like I don't know. Aggreg- it's an aggregate of all the. Yeah. Know. I don't know if these are like, oh, it says terminated. Okay. So I guess these are court cases that. So you can go through here and you can actually click on the court case and then you'll see every single motion, every single document, every single request, every single piece of evidence, every single everything is available. Oh, okay. I see. So if you click on the PDF file and you want to look at the files, it takes you to a sign up page. Okay. And you have uh you have plus for small businesses, it's $49 a month. Professional is $99 a month. Um you get different types of ways of searching. You get they charge you per page, I guess. Wow, I didn't realize that. Okay. Anyways, so, so Pacer Monitor is one way that that I'm going to, or or maybe I'll find a better way. But this is my my main litigation mentor. He recommended this platform, Pacer Monitor. So, so Pacer Monitor is, uh, you know, the all the lawsuits that I'll be doing are going to be public. They're public, whether I like it, whether I want them to be or not, it doesn't matter. They're they're going to be public. 
So the thing is, is that you can actually just watch all of the documents and download all of the documents live as the lawsuits progress. So I'll probably just issue the case number. And then we can watch to my to my email list and to my uh, my social media. Yeah, and then and then you know, or 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 I might take the actual documents themselves. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't even know. I don't even know what the legalities are of that. I don't know if I even can put the documents online or if I'm supposed to like make them go there so they can see like the stamped ones until the court case is done. Like I just don't know how this works at all. So I just have to figure it all out. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to just learn it. Like we've learned everything else, just take <laughs> baby steps and move forward. And yeah, you know, um, stay confused, figure out the next step. Yeah. Make it happen. You know, I got what, um, so I wanted to finish up with, uh, um, especially since you're, you know, it sounds like, I mean, things are thriving. You've got some celebrity clients, hopefully that are coming on board and some people that are really interested. Um, what are some things, and I'm thinking specifically of somebody like, uh, um, like a Donald Trump, for example, who, you know, he's, he's been in these big, um, circles for a long time. I'm sure he knows a lot of this information. I'm sure his family knows. I mean, it's how his, his money is probably protected and, and all and such things, but he still gets himself, you know, arrested and, and things like that. Um, you know, how do you, how, how would you, uh, recommend somebody who's high profile or somebody, um, going about this to, to keep themselves from getting arrested, from keeping themselves from, from, um, being trumped, <laughs> shall I say? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what, I don't know what they know. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not so sure they know much of any of this, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not, I don't think, I don't think hardly anybody in any public arena at all in front of any spotlight or camera knows almost anything about any of this. Okay. Fair enough. Or if they do, they, it's very, very like, like, you know, it's or even like, like a, I think just about now like, coming out, like the, the, the United States is a corporation. Holy fuck. Like it's just now starting to become more mainstream. Yeah. You know? So it's like, that's pretty much like, I would go so far as to say, like some of those guys probably know that at least. But but right. I don't I'm not even sure if they know that that corporation is located in the District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I'm not even so sure that they, they even their knowledge even goes to, to you know, the second video of my course, literally. <laughs> right. So it's no. it's yeah, you know, it, I, it, I actually think it's it's um, very, 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 very. I mean, like I said, I think it was you or I was talking to a friend of mine earlier. When I call, I called my bank and I spoke to a private banker because I was trying yeah. to get some exchanges done, like what I was talking about earlier today, some 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 securities exchanges with the Federal Reserve. And I talked to a guy who had been banking for 16 years and he didn't know any of this. And I, he told me, he's like, bro, you're fucking blowing my fucking mind right now. Like, I need to like go fucking have a cigarette or something, you know? And then I asked him to get me a guy above him, and he ended up getting me a guy above him. And he's like, "Dude, I'll have it to you in 24 hours." And he ended up giving me this guy with 29 years of experience, who was like a banking god, and he didn't even know about a lot of this. Wow. So well, that, that, and I guess that becomes another hurdle is like you have to inform and teach the people that are going to administrating the things that you need to get administrated, <laughs> you know, to get stuff done. 
You know yeah, you I mean? have like to. That, again, that's got to be again, a process. Again, it comes down to, like I said, I think the best way to explain it is sort of like mommy daddy energy. That's what right. it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Brandon, man, I do. I love having, I hope you come on again, man. I've loved this. I love your energy. I love talking this stuff to you and learning more. Thank um, you. Maybe we can talk some music next time too. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> right on. It's a jam session, dude. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Awesome, well, listen, man. thanks again, man. Good luck to everything you're doing and I'll be, I'll be watching. I'll be seeing what's happening. I'm loving your videos, enjoying the stuff. Which that one you're are you on? Which one are you on? I think I just finished. 30 it was the one on marriage today oh wow there you go yeah so that was that one you know what it's it's funny i'm a weirdo i always think about so i've thought this for years and years and years about like getting permission to do stuff i have a big you're not the boss of me issue i have serious authority issues people who know me know that's true hey that's great for this I know. So I, I know this is like right at my alley. And so like, for example, I'll go into the DMV and every single time, like I get so pissed. I'm so like, like I'm so angry because I'm like, did we have to like register our horses? Like back in the day, like, I don't understand. Did I have to get permission to, 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 to you know, to, to ride a, ride a horse back in the day? Like it, none of it made sense to me. And then um, and then like the marriage license thing, like, it's like, why do I have to go to some, in fact, it's funny when we got married, we almost, we almost missed because it happened to be on a holiday and, and that's a whole other story. So we had to go like to a different County to get our license. And it was, and I hated every second of it, hated it, hated it. And so like, as you're like, you're preaching to the choir when it comes to me on that stuff, like <laughs> to me, a marriage between, you know, you, your wife, God, and the, and the family, that's it. Like that, that there's no reason you should be in bed with the, with, you know, the state and that, yeah. So I loved it. <laughs> I'm all on board. Beautiful. Yeah. You could probably just, you could probably just write a rescindment on the marriage, uh, license, just put like, a, put like a, just make a copy of your marriage license and put a cover letter on it and just say, Hey, this is, uh, null and void. Uh, you know, we're, uh, both myself and my wife are, are rescinding both of our signatures on this. This is, uh, this, this, this is fraud. We didn't realize what we were signing. Um, and, uh, we, we, we have no desire to contract with the state. Uh, and you can put on there, you know, you can even put on there like this, this, uh, this, this marriage license is, uh, uh vitiated from its inception. And then I just like notarize, that. just notarize that document, the affidavit, and then just yeah. attach the affidavit to the copy of the, the marriage license or, or even the original, uh, and then just make a copy for yourself or scan, scan everything into your computer and make sure you have a copy before you send it out. And then, uh, uh, you can send it out, um, registered mail to, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, state, the, the state, I forget the area that, that issues the marriage licenses, but you send it there. Right. You can send a copy to the state, the county courthouse attorney and- general. Oh yeah. You can okay, send yeah. a copy to the, uh, county recorder, you can send a copy to the United States Attorney General. I mean, you don't have to do this, but I'm just thinking in my head, how how would I do it? I would send it yeah. all the place. I would send a copy to all those different places, and um, and then I wouldn't even I wouldn't even wait for a response or anything. I would just as right. soon as they sign for the parcel and you get the 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 email or you go online, you type in the the registered mail thing and you send right it because you're over. not again you're not asking permission to have it rescinded. Exactly. You're informing them that That's it exactly that right. is rescinded. That's exactly right. So once they sign for the parcel, uh, you can assume that's it. That's you're done. 
Now, if they if they don't sign for the parcel, the parcel gets lost, something like that, you should resend it to that particular person. That makes sense. But yep. if you send it registered mail, that thing ain't getting lost. I mean, that registered right. mail, they put that shit in like in like safes and they have a whole separate way that they transport registered mail. It's like, I didn't know that. That's good. That's you good can, if you're gonna if let's say, for example, you were gonna transport like a hundred thousand dollars in, in cash, uh-huh. you would use registered mail to do registered something like mail. that. I mean That's- or you'd use like a full blown fucking, you know, like transportation. Right. You'd hire a company to do hire it. Hire yeah. a company. But I'm saying like if you work let's say like a lot of times like like they even say, I think on the USPS website, like if you're sending securities mm-hmm. or things of high value, or let's say like a bear bonds or something like that. Like a painting that your daughter, you know, or something, and you just you don't want to hire some big, huge goon squad. You just wanna you would use registered mail to send something like you know, like a family heirloom or something like that. And yeah. it's like, that's like that, you know, they, they, there ain't no fucking way registered mail's getting fucking lost. Yeah. It takes a little while to get there, but it didn't get lost. You know what I mean? Right. That's good to know, man. No, I appreciate that little tidbit. So yeah, we'll be starting that process here. We are, I've already ordered my, Oh, I do have a question actually. And this is a little, so, um, is there a difference between the long for birth certificate and the life certificate of birth? No, it's the same thing. The the okay. certificate of live birth and the long form birth certificate. There's even other names for it. The the book issue or the book copy. Like certain states have certain terms for it. Because yeah, Nevada. Because Nevada, I, I received my certificate of live birth, and I think I I thought that was the same thing, but I wanted to double check. I think you know. And by the way. For people who don't know, if you're interested in this stuff, the first thing you should do is go order copies of your certificate of live birth or your long for birth certificate and then figure the rest out later. Cause yeah. Yeah. So it takes forever, um, but there's a lot of people who can't get there. It's like in Pennsylvania, you can't, you can't even get them. Yeah. I think, is, I think, uh, where you have to, like, I think there's a few States you literally can't even get them. So is that where you have to figure out how to, where you have to like create your own birth certificate? Sort of It's it's a DS 10. So the DS 11 is the passport application form. DS 10 is a birth affidavit form. So I tell people if you can't get it or it's a pain in the ass or you're fucking tired of trying and it's just a pain in the ass, just use a DS 10 birth affidavit form. And then you attach that to the DS 11 passport application form. Gotcha, man. They just make it so easy for you, man. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, in all these years, these, these health departments, they've never, they've never had this many calls and emails and they're just getting fucking slammed. I mean, there's a lot happening with this right now. I mean, I'm sure. Well, their quiet, comfy little government job just became (laughs) fucking tumultuous, tumultuous fucking lobster Lobster the, fucking boats and you know oh shit you know what I mean like it'll, the birth certificate department was gonna be a yeah, high I know. stress job I know yeah whoever thought they thought they were getting into the lowest stress job in the world well yeah up until <laughs> up until past year or so and then right then Brandon Williams shows up and yeah and then I show up and fuck up their cushy little <laughs> smoke break for twenty years right yeah. uh, well Brandon man thanks a lot I hope we, come on again brother I'd love to to chat some more as things progress. I'd love to, Broski. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, man. You guys have been listening to And If Love Remains. Mike is gone. You are listening to And If Love Remains. Gone, but not forgotten. First of 23 installments requested by Dr. Levitt. Trying to be in compliance here because we're taking him and that whole organization down.